Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Welcome back to SF Film Fest. We are excited to talk about the documentary, We Are As Gods, with co-director Jason Sussberg. Jason, thank you so much for being here today. This is great. So excited to chat with you guys. Yeah. Can you give our audience an intro to the film? Yeah. So the film is a, it's a biography on Stuart Brand, who's this counterculture figure from the 1960s. And uh, he went on to found the uh, modern environmental movement and be a part of personal computers. And today he uh, he's, has an ambitious new plan to resurrect extinct species. So like a, a real life Jurassic Park to bring back the woolly mammoth. And so he's this really interesting character and we follow him around for three years. And uh, the result is our uh, 95 minute movie. Yeah, I, I have to start by saying I freaking love dinosaurs. I'm obsessed with dinosaurs. Like, what? What? Yep. This is so exciting and scary and all the things. Um, but, but you know, we have these. I, I'm just so surprised we've never heard of them before, but also I'm not because there's just a lot that we're not taught. But, you know, we have these famous people, you know, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, things like that. Um, and what's interesting is, like, what is more interesting, their work or the person themselves? You know, it's just like the science or the man. So um, I, I'd love to talk about your process of like including his own personal life, but also his work. Like they're both just so interesting, like what to include and, and what not to. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, the stories that we do as science filmmakers are really about the people. Like the, this is, the ideas are, are the scaffolding for the, for the story, but it's all of the core of why people watch a documentary, why we watch any story has to do with a journey um, that people go on. And in our film, um, Stuart goes on a journey to resurrect extinct species, but spoiler, spoiler alert, he doesn't actually do it in the movie. It's more of like an exploration of ideas. But um, for us, it's entirely about um, the, the people at the center of it. Uh, you could you know, there, there's a lot of other ways to, to to glean information or to participate in science. You can read Science Magazine or go on Wikipedia to see what the cutting edge science is and how it works, like CRISPR technology and genetics, stuff that we get into in our movie. But what will keep people engaged is the real lives of people, um, where they came from, who their parents were, and what their struggles were. That That's sort of the, the mother's milk of any good documentary. And as we watch the film, the layers, you know, keep getting peeled back. Did that happen for you guys as well during the, your three-year um, filming? Or did you already know going in all of the things that he, he was like the kind of the father or grandfather of? <laughs> How, I mean, were you surprised by anything during the filming? It's all movie magic. No, we, 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 we really, we, I mean, that's the hope is that we, we made, you know, we, we, in the edit room, we talked about it being an onion and you'd peel the onion and, you know, weep a little, cry a little, get a little disgusted and keep crying. <laughs> um, 
and uh, that you know that that sort of our approach was to make it feel like it was something that was being discovered along the way. Um, but you know, Stewart's story is pretty well known to a certain group of people who are really fascinated about the beginnings of the environmental movement or Silicon Valley or what's going on now with genetics. So it was about how to weave that story in that made it feel like it was a discovery every time there was a new chapter. What we were just surprised about was um, in Stuart's personal life, his struggles with depression. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was a discovery after going over his journals um, because I think a lot of people kind of hide that version of themselves or they're not honest about it. Um, and I've struggled with mental health and I come from a family that's also been affected by, um, you know, all sorts of mental health issues. And so uh, if people were more honest and open about it, I think it wouldn't be such a surprise that, oh no, this person got depressed. But um, that was something that I think was a big discovery for us when we were making the movie. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because um, the, the whole drug thing, you know, they were, it was, drugs were definitely at one point his muse living in San Francisco in the 60s mm-hmm. um, with acid. And then also, as, as you were saying, his downfall. But, um, you know, I did plenty of acid in my day and I never had any sort of thoughts like uh, like Stuart, Stuart Brand. <laughs> so I'm curious, like, do you think that curiosity is something that can be taught? Um, yeah, I do. I think that like, you know, people are, they have a certain disposition, a certain, you know, inclination to be creative or to be curious or to be interested in whatever we're interested in. I think that's, there's like a base layer there, but I don't think that people are like fully baked um, based on genetics alone. I think you can teach people how to be creative and you can learn to change your mind and, and it can be through the use of drugs or meditation or therapy, or I don't know, going into the woods and going on a silent retreat for X amount of time. I think we can learn how to change our, our behavior. Um, the mind is a powerful tool and it, it can be affected by all sorts of inputs and to, to get different results out of it. But um, I think uh, Stuart is just a uniquely curious person. He, he's one of the best listeners I've ever known both in a public setting when he's like interviewing on people on stage and in a private setting, just talking one-on-one, he's just an incredibly inquisitive, curious person. And I think when most people hit a wall, like, oh, I'm not an expert, or I don't know how, I can't really approach physics in this way or whatever, they just quit and um, chalk it up to whatever. They're not intelligent enough or they have better things to do. But um, but Stuart is just like the most uniquely <laughs> interested in the you know whatever's cutting edge in the future um person that i know and um i was really struck by the relationships in his life both of his wives were in the film and i don't know if you can maybe speak to that as well and and um yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely um you know when we set about doing this film we wanted to capture the the full 82 years on earth and, and, and who the people were around him. And um, he had two long lasting relationships. His first wife was with um, Native American um, woman named Lois Jennings. And she was uh, a very big figure in the counterculture. Um, She was in the opening pages of Tom Wolfe's book, Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test with Stuart and was very much a, a force in the whole earth catalog. 
and uh, Stuart later credited her as the co-founder. But back in the 60s, it was like, you know, genius men and the women mm, behind mm-hmm. them. And so right. she never got that that co-founder uh, credit. But but later on, 50 years hence, Stuart said, yes, Lois <laughs> really was the tour de force and the 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 sort of the beacon. Um, and uh, and then later on, um, uh, you know, Stuart met um, his his partner, Ryan Phelan. And they they have an amazing life together, and mm-hmm. they they founded and co-founded many different organizations and um, nonprofits, and now they're dedicated to this de-extinction project. But Ryan is like she's just the best. Um, I, I mean, you're not you know you're always supposed to have a critical distance when you're making a film about people, but I just uh, adore what she's doing uh, with conservation, and think she's like one of the most engaging people. Um, in a public setting um, and a great leader. So I don't know, I, I treasure her as a friend. Speaking of engaging people, I, I just, I really want to talk about Siberia. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're the only person I know that's been there. So tell me everything. I mean, California, I looked it up. California has a greater population than all of Siberia. Um, like, do you rent an Airbnb in Siberia? Like, do you, you know, call an Uber to coordinates? I, I just, and I want to talk about Sergei Zimov. Uh-huh. Because he needs his own reality show. I yeah. Think. Like Bear Grylls, he could take a seat. I want to see more of Sergei Zimov and what he's doing in Siberia. Yeah, well, you're in luck. So uh, I'll I'll get to Siberia or I'll get to Zimov in a second. But um, um, yeah, Siberia was a, was literally, a, you know, the furthest place on planet Earth <laughs> that I've ever been. It's, um, you know, around the Arctic Circle and far, far northern Siberia. Siberia is this major landmass, but in the top of Russia, but even further north, about uh, about as far as you can go before you hit the Arctic Ocean. Um, that's where they're trying to rewild the ecosystem that used to be there before humans basically murdered all the megafauna mm-hmm. 10,000 years ago, including woolly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers and everything that made that that area very uh dense amazing lively ecosystem has been completely um obliterated and so what they're doing is they're trying to rewild um the animals that used to be there like yakutian horses and musk musk oxen and all sorts of animals in order to help that ecosystem come back and then of course they're trying to engineer a woolly mammoth (laughs) that's where Stuart comes in um and yeah, it was, I mean, that was not an easy place to be like, <laughs> like I wouldn't recommend people do it when COVID restrictions <laughs> lift <laughs> and vacation spots are hit up. I wouldn't put Siberia uh. on my list. <laughs> it's gorgeous, but um, you know, it's very remote, very hard, very hard living out there. Um, everything felt like, it's like when you're camping and everything feels like a treat um, and mm. Siberia, every whatever we had, whether it was like heat or food or whatever, just felt like, wow, what an amazing thing we have here. This is like <laughs> extraordinary luxury to have beef jerky or whatever. Oh, so. oh yeah. Beef jerky yeah. is a luxury. It is, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, yeah, so to tell you a little bit about the Zimovs, they're, they're a very interesting family and they're the ones who are in charge of the um, the ecosystem rewilding. And there's actually a documentary coming out this year about just about the Zimovs and their projects. So yes. uh, they're the most charismatic, charming, I don't know, Russian weirdo scientists who are just like, 
doing this big ambitious plan. Um, but is that the tagline? Is that the tagline? <laughs> it should be. If I was making that movie, it would be. But the filmmaker is a local local San Franciscan, and um, oh. and uh, he, uh, his name is Luke Wurzel, and he's got this amazing film in his hands um we saw a rough cut of it and it's yeah it's like a it's just a really cool portrait of the father and son duo wow well thank you for that hot tip breaking news everybody on bitch talk (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i just have one question i know we're going to wrap up but um i mean this this film forces you to think about de-extinction and and i don't just thinking about that because i never thought of it can you tell me your your thoughts and feelings on on the to- um, on this topic and and how do you guys feel uh, as a filmmakers and a production team? Yeah, <laughs> so I, I mean, I was just thinking about this the other day. There's just this something about how I am as a person, but every time there's a new technology, I'm always really warm on it. I'm like, yeah, it sounds awesome. Um, you know, Facebook, this is great. You can poke your friends on a wall and like put your birthday <laughs> yep. on it. Fuck yeah, how could this go wrong? This is awesome. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, slowly it's like, wow, what a catastrophic mistake. Why was I so hot on this? And I feel that way about everything, um, sort of how I am as a person. But um, the de-extinction idea, when I first heard it, I just thought this was the coolest idea that we could bring back passenger pigeons, these animals that we had murdered in cold blood for whatever reason. Um, it's just an extraordinary loss to have an extinction happen. If we could reverse it, that'd be so cool. Um, and then, of course, there's the ethical issues that happen. Well, where do these animals go? Does the ecosystem exist? And, and we kind of get into it in the film about the problems that you know could arise with bringing an animal back. So now I have a much more nuanced opinion about it um, than when I first heard it. But uh, you know, it's complicated. I think you, when you mm-hmm. watch the movie for your your listeners like we don't take a side on it we just it, we just explore it and um and you know sort of talk about it in in the abstract i will say when i first heard about it i thought it was like oh we'll bring back a woolly mammoth that's just a single individual species but now it's all like well, understanding it through stewart's vision it's about whole ecosystem resurrection mm-hmm. so it's not just to bring back uh you know the passenger pigeon but to bring back the red or the um the chestnut trees that the passenger pigeons used to feed on so it brings back this whole ecosystem these are ecosystem engineers and it makes the world more rich and biodiverse and more healthy um you know before we just started willy-nilly massacring megafauna and and vegetation so i I don't know i'm I'm probably I'm probably more sold than the average viewer. I definitely don't think we're gonna have dinosaurs running around, uh, you know, eating lawyers on toilets and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you never say never, uh, Jason. Awesome. Yeah, you. But, uh, <laughs> but thank you so much for. I mean, this is such a fascinating documentary. Mm-hmm. Thank you for introducing this mad scientist to our world. Uh, again, we've been talking to Jason Sussberg, co-director of the documentary, We Are As Gods. Congratulations. Thanks a lot. This was a great chat. Thanks so much. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. <laughs>